Okay, hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Yeah, so tonight, I have no idea how many people have seen this show. I'm hoping it's a pretty popular topic because I'm really curious to hear what other people have to say. So I really hope a lot of people have seen this show we're talking about, but the show in question is the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus. And I didn't even really want to watch the show because I'm not really interested in the whole Disney Star Wars stuff. I think, you know, most of it's pretty bad. But I just got really curious because I thought the way they were handling this show was kind of very transparently phony, you know, where they were trying to, well, to me, you might disagree. And if you do, feel free to call up. I don't want to, you know, make it seem like there's only one correct opinion in this space. If you guys think I'm totally off about this, then by all means, you know, speak up and share your mind and share your thoughts. But yeah, before the show even came out, and if you look in the description of the show, I put different links and um, I put a link to a Twitter thread that has links to the different articles and announcements. But before the show came out, it just announced, yeah, they were getting this black female star ready for a wave of racism that's going to come her way. And they didn't even say if it comes, they said when it comes. And she's announcing, yeah, the studio already warned me uh, to be ready when the racism comes, et cetera. And, you know, I thought that was kind of weird because it's happened before with different people. I'm not saying it never happens. Um, when they thought that the character Finn was going to be, uh, you know, dashing lead of the sequel trilogy and everything there were people that were being racist to him and everything some people were mad because they were saying it was against canon because i think all the stormtroopers were supposed to be clones of one guy and and it wasn't a black guy so you're ruining the canon some people thought that they were trying to um be politically correct and woke by making a black guy the lead and um But then once the movie came out and the character was kind of a punk, everyone kind of got over it real fast. Um, Everyone kind of turned their attention to hating the woman of the series, Ray. Hey, Corn Pop, how's it going? Hey, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, I can can hear you. I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. Um, Hold on. Real quick, real quick, um, let me... Let me just check where where Andre is. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was I just want to hit the ground running and let and let people start start uh, giving their opinions and I'll just finish what I was saying after you speak. So, but yeah, by all means, just just go ahead and share your thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm going to just go on just what I kind of know from Star Wars. Um, I would classify myself as a Star Wars fan, but I'm not into like some of the deep, deep more, like some of the kind of like original fans, like people that um, like bought the expanded universe before Disney bought them out and they kind of hold did the Legends continuity and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I've seen certain videos and like read articles about um, you know, some of the expanded universe and played some of the games. So just from the plot 
um, of what I know, and again, somebody can correct me. I really didn't like, I'm not liking this show at all. Um, to me, just from what I can remember, there just seems to be like this whole de-evolution of like Obi-Wan's character where um, the show's basically about him, but then it becomes into this kind of like, you know, I don't want to say like this do-over with him and Leia so far. And what kind of first strikes me about this is that um, how kind of awkward they have Obi-Wan's character around Leia and not knowing how to handle her when in reality, like he was the same one who trained Anakin and also, um, which, you know, also kind of Ahsoka, uh, his Padawan. So it's kind of like, he's kind of gotten better at dealing with people who are kind of rebellious, but they have him just kind of like fumbling around and just, you know, not knowing what to do with her. And she's like all running around. And from my understanding, there's supposed to be like a different transition. And I don't know if this is going to play out over the course of the show between like Obi-Wan, how he was at the end at the Revenge of the Sith and also uh, Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan where he becomes more like a wizen kind of like old wizard kind of character. Um, so it just seems like somewhat of a regression is that he's supposed to kind of grow during his character arc. Um, another thing I, I, I kind of want to bring up while I gather my thoughts is just that. Oh, oh wait, 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 real quick, before you proceed, I want to say one quick thing. Um, do you know who he kind of reminded me of? This is a dated reference, so younger people might not get it, but he reminds me of Jack Tripper, kind of. I mean, he's that goofy. Remember Jack Tripper from Three's Company? He's a, he's like yes. Jack Tripper with a lightsaber to me. Like, like you know, he's just kind of bumbling around, and it's really, really yeah, bizarre. I mean, the refer- I never watched Three's Company. That's a little bit before. I never watched the reruns or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I know, I agree. He's, he's very goofy. He doesn't, you know, and again, this is coming. I can see, like, maybe the plot point of he's somewhat insecure after his experience with Anakin. But, you know, this is... It's not really being done right as somebody who was, um, you know, a, a, someone of the stature. And, you know, I just feel like this show in general is made for, I know how you brought the term about like the, the saying like people of being like fans of being fans. Like if you already kind of consume some of the content around this, like if you watch the Clone Wars, the animated series, and you watch Star Wars Rebels, which again, Star Wars Rebels is kind of controversial because, um, but even then, like, that's where you get introduced to all the different Inquisitors. And to me, unless you, you know, for me, it's hard to kind of care about any of the Inquisitors because you already know what happens to them in Star Wars Rebels, where they all get killed, essentially, by Maul, most of them. And the main one, the one that looks like Goofy, the Grand Inquisitor, um, you know, that was really bad. I just want to say that was horrific makeup that they have on him. It looks like some, like, bad cosplay at Comic-Con. Um, he doesn't really, you know, if you kind of see what he looks Something that could pop in my mind on uh, the various points in this show was Power Rangers. Like there was, like he looks like a, a Power Rangers villain uh, yeah, to me. A lot of people do. Like, like that scene where they're trying to um, chase Leia in the forest, and those four guys, including Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was waiting for like a Power Rangers kind of goofy chase music uh, to happen or something. It was that bad. Yeah, it's. It's, I, I can't get over, and it, to me, it has, like, a lot of this holdover from The Mandalorian, where, I'm sorry, um, The Book of Boba Fett, where, like, that whole bad makeup thing, and it's just, it, it really ruins it, because 
if you look, I forgot the name of the species that the Grand Inquisitor is supposed to be, but his species is also in, you know, in episode three. And this is like with that prequel CG that everyone kind of rips on and the makeup. Like, that's much better rendered in a movie from what, like 17 years ago than it is today, where it just looks like they put no effort into any of the makeup or anything like that. So it's, it's really um, just, just really bad. And on top of that, they're trying to make, you know, I guess the character Reva all into Obi-Wan. And, and my thing is that just going from the plot, like any of these people going after Obi-Wan to me, just from what their abilities and what they can do is just kind of nonsensical when you know how all the, the Inquisitors were killed. And, and from my understanding, Obi-Wan Kenobi is supposed to be like a top tier, like Jedi master. Um, so why would you send people that uh, essentially got killed really easily by Maul and then, you know, also the Grand Inquisitor himself was supposed to be the head, you know, the, the, the strongest of them, you know, they, they, they're probably going to reintroduce him later on because there's no way they can bring co break continuity or who knows, saying that, uh, you know, that Reva kills him in reality in, in Star Wars Rebels, um, you know, he kills himself after he's beaten by Kanan Jarrus. So it's, you know, so they're trying to make these Inquisitors like big bad and it's hard to take them seriously as a threat when Obi-Wan himself is like, you know, basically the top tier. And they were originally only spent, supposed to send Inquisitors after like lowly Jedi Knights, like basically Padawans. I mean, you know, and I forgot which two Inquisitors that Ahsoka went up against in Star Wars Rebels and she basically beat them without any effort. So it's hard, you know, if you are aware of the continuity of anything, it's hard to take them as serious threats even though that, you know, Obi-Wan's supposed to be out of practice and, you know, hasn't used the Force or anything like that. So it's just trying to milk, um, to me, content where you're hoping whoever kind of watched this has not even paid attention to the larger continuity. It's not for, like, fans of fans. It's, like, it's, sorry, actual fans. It's people who are fans of, like just being fans of Star Wars and just consuming well, it without well, actually understanding. Well, well, Disney, Disney, Star Wars in general, I feel like is made for like like normies. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but um, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I never like were like really deep into it. I just saw like the movies, but I feel like Disney is deliberately, which I don't understand. A lot of places do this now. They try to buy a big franchise that that is good at being popular. Like it's already good at being really huge and then start trying to thumb their nose at the property and the existing fans even though the people before you were really good at re at outreach because if it wasn't you wouldn't be spending a billion dollars at on this thing so like you know there's like they do weird things like do like the last jedi where they're kind of shitting on the property and you know acting like george lucas uh, didn't really get it right, and we're going to get it right. It's like, you haven't accomplished anything in your life anywhere near as successful as George Lucas did. Like, you should just be thankful to be a guest in this house and get your check. Like, if you were really that great at rethinking things, then you would have the balls to make your own parody of um, Star Wars that didn't rely on being in continuity and see who buys it. But these people are afraid, I think, to actually take a risk and create anything. Um, they'd rather hold something popular captive, I feel. And so then they reach out and try to get these normies. The normies are never really going to stick around. They just, 
are in there because they like this idea of sticking it to some imaginary chuds um, right. and, and, and tweeting about white male tears, but they're not going to spend money or do anything, you know, and you alienate the old fans. And like, it was weird for me. I was talking to Q about this. Uh, Q's here. And I was talking to Q about, I'm like, I don't even know Star Wars that well. And this doesn't make any sense to me. And I was asking him questions about, and what's crazy is to me, the stuff you're talking about, right, with the little continuity things, to me is like, you know, you walk into somebody's house and you're like, oh my God, you um, put the, you hung the picture up um, half an inch too far to the left. But meanwhile, the guy took a giant shit in the middle of the floor. And, and it's like, wait, there's so much worse than, you know, like, to me, the Inquisitor stuff and all that, like, continuity stuff and Ahsoka has nothing to do with the fact that this is just badly written. Like, on a base, to me, to me, they just shit on the floor. And what you're talking about, while, while true, is, like, so minor <laughs> compared to what uh, yeah, it, to me they've done wrong. It, it's just, like, yeah, I'm not going to take up too much on because, uh, but it's just, these are, like, glaring kind of, and it's, it's just, it's, my thing is, it's, it's, it's bumbling the characters that because these people, you know, don't, they're not actually fans or know really what makes, you know, I, I don't, I hate to even use that term, what makes Star Wars Star Wars or what makes, you, you know, fans like the, these characters. And then they turn them into like these terrible caricatures of themselves just for either cheap laughs or, what they think the characters are like and not understanding that all these characters have growth arcs. Like there was, you know, and you know, I'm pretty sure that Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka is probably going to, you know, come into the some, some way cause they just can't help doing the whole crossover thing. But like there's a, there's a huge transition between the prequel movies of seeing Obi-Wan's character and how he eventually becomes Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan and kind of the same thing, uh, and, and you know, for the last episode, for for for, and somebody can correct me on this. Just the way that they have Vader and the Obi Wan kind of going at each other, um, that was that was really one of the most laziest kind of terrible reunions. Um, and I'm not even getting into the whole continuity thing about that, but just more of the characterization of Vader as you know him just going around killing random civilians like that. Again, somebody can correct me on this because there's a whole other lore and other things about Vader. Well, 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 I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two things about that, right? First off, because I think these people don't actually who are doing this thing don't actually have any type of sincere fandom of Star Wars, right? No. Uh, so, so they just kind of go off cliches that they see from other shows. Like, you know, one of them is like the bad guy that just kills people left and right, like yeah. the Joker. But uh, Vader is not like that. Like Vader, he kills to make a point. Like, you know, either. You know, you disappointed him, you know, and and um, he kills you to make an example of you to scare the rest of the troops in line, or he will kill you because you're in the way of a goal that he has. So this idea of like Vader just walking around and people run out their house and he's just snapping necks just just for the hell of it. Like uh, that's just, I'm not saying this because I think Vader's like a good guy or something or an anti-hero. I mean, he's he's truly a villain, but. That's just not something that um, he would do. And then, um, yeah, it just, made, it just made no sense to me. The The second thing is, how can 10 years have passed since um, 
the part three of the pre of the prequel, right? Ten years have passed, and he's not a total hermit. He's working a job, and he's checking in with people, you know, because he's supposed to be watching Luke, even though he's not really watching Luke and whatever. How can Vader be the second in command of the Empire and running the whole show, and somehow Obi Wan doesn't know he's alive? Like that's just basic yeah. bad writing. Like like. Yeah. What he has a job. He's interacting with people. No one mentions, "Hey, this guy, Darth Vader, is is um, alive." You have, you have no so you have no idea. Um, supposedly, people can sense disturbances in the forest from like so far away, like someone on his level. Like you don't realize there's this giant dark um, disturbance in the forest that resembles your old um, pupil Anakin, like for ten whole years. Like, and this is what I mean when, when I say like what you're talking about to me is like so minor compared to just basic logic. Like, there's no logic in this thing. It, blow, it blows my mind. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to get get that off my chest. That was that was just pretty bad, but I'll, I'll hop off for now and let other people come in, but thanks. Sure, sure. Uh, no problem. And, and it's interesting. I find when people want to defend stuff, they just say things that um, aren't, like, necessarily true. For example, um, Somebody came into the chat. Uh, his name is Soy Friend, but he disappeared. But he he tweets. Um, you know, he was in the chat saying he was like that in the in the in the uh, prequel trilogy. You know, like in response to us saying he's bumbling. But then he admits he didn't watch the show. So I'm like, wait, if you didn't watch the show, how can you um, say that what we're talking about is accurate to how he was? Because first off, he wasn't bumbling in the prequel trilogy, but. To whatever extent you could say he was bumbling in the prequel trilogy, this was next level. And it reminds me of when people were complaining that uh, Finn was like a useless character and he was basically like a space coon. There were a lot of people who were saying, well, um, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker was, was, was useless in the first movie. And it's like, no, he wasn't. He destroyed the Death Star. Like, why are you saying stuff that's not true? And I just find, like, for some reason, when people want to defend like this new stuff, they just make up facts about the old stuff that is just not true and i don't know what why people do that like yeah you, you just, yeah uh but by all means um well first let me let q then let q introduce himself and then we'll go to geo how's it going uh yeah just <sighs> nothing in this prequel so far made sense to me like the the characters motivations um the chain of command I don't know. There was just, there was, it's just a mess. And yeah, I think it's lazy. It, it actually bothered me how bad of an actress, um, that, uh, I, for, I forget the, uh, the name of the lady who plays Reva. Moses, Moses, Moses Ingram. Uh, Moses and, Ingram. And hey, she's hey, not bad though. She's a state she actress. She is so bad. I, I, I can't tell. Yeah, she's a white, she's a white actress. Stage actress. She she wasn't she wasn't big bad. Oh, she's a, she's a, she's a, yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a theater actress. Yeah. Theater actress. So I don't know yeah. if this was her. It's here's the thing. It's like to be fair to her though, that that's that's not a great written character. So I mean, no, it isn't. But it's not, it's not, it's not there are yeah. there are elements you can bring to a character um, to make them seem threatening, even if you don't have a lot to work with, right? So her character was written very thin, 
we don't really know what her motivation is so far, why it is that she's disobeying commands repeatedly to go after Obi-Wan. I'm assuming that there's some history that they have. I, I, I don't think that it's just raw naked ambition, uh, even though that's what the Grand Inquisitor I mean, said. It kind of makes sense, though, for it. It's kinda, it kind of makes sense, though, right? I mean, hold, 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 let me finish. Let me like, finish. The, the, the part that really bothers me is her obsession with... Okay, so a couple things that, that happened. One was that she knew that there was a connection between uh, Bail Organa and Obi-Wan because she quote, unquote, looked it up in the archives. That... So no, so you knew and nobody else knew. Um, and Darth Vader apparently didn't know either because when Darth Vader steps in and he says... Uh, I've been watching you and uh, it's up to you to, to bring him in. And if you fail, you die. Why, why then would, uh, I don't know the idea that like he, he's either not aware of the connection or doesn't see it fit to mention the connection. And then why does she continue to pursue Leia even after she knew that Darth Vader was pursuing Obi-Wan? So then what importance is Leia to the plot or anything? Because for all she knows, Darth Vader captured Obi-Wan. She doesn't know that he failed to capture him. And then the second thing is when she's trying to intimidate other people, all she does is sort of scowl or raise her voice. And there's the, oh, yeah. the, the actor, the actor that uh, played um, Darth Vader in the original series. And now it's, I suppose it's being played by uh, Hayden Christensen. You can't even see the facial expressions because it's obviously hidden behind a mask, but you can you can you can glimpse the threat that he poses just in his body language, how little effort he puts in to completely overpower Obi Wan. Like it's it's all there in the presence of the character. Whereas with Moses Ingram, she doesn't really do much to establish herself as a threat, other than act out on people um, impulsively and scowl. So, for example, when um, uh, Flea's character, yeah, the kidnappers, got knocked out by Obi-Wan, and then she walks into the room and she sees everybody sprawl out on the floor just regaining consciousness, she scowls and she says, where is he? And I'm just like, that's just not how people interact with other people. I could see her maybe, I don't know, dragging somebody up off the floor, either like with her bare hands or with her force power, taking a half step towards them, and then very low and threateningly saying where is he i i could see that but just like her like looking at people on the floor and then scowling and where is he i'm just like this is this it feels like um it feels like a fan creation like somebody made a fan movie and uploaded it to youtube it does not feel like an actual star wars series and frankly i don't think that any of these series have felt like they were really part of the star wars continuity so far i think the closest they've come is the Mandalorian, and that is in itself a bit of a stretch. But it's just gotten progressively worse with um, the Book of Boba Fett, and now with Obi Wan. It the, like the drop in quality has been precipitous, and I I hate this. I I know that it's cliche to do this, but I'm sorry. This is this is like I can I can feel the handiwork of Kathleen Kennedy behind all of this. Uh, uh. That oh, oh, she's yeah. looking to, yeah, he's, he's, she's just looking so to stick bad. her yeah, thumb in yeah. the eye of the fandom 
yeah. um, partially by degrading the characters that people have come to love. Especially like the series, it seems like the series hates Obi Wan. Like he has no, like nobody respects him except for the one Jedi that gets killed off in the first episode. Nobody seems to respect him. Everyone just shits on the guy. But even some of the the commentary that people make about him that he's you know past his prime that he's you know, he's raggedy Cold. that he smells I'm just like he seems to have like a you know camped appearance he doesn't look like he's got like dirt all over his face or whatever so what's does he think, just naturally I smell Kathy, I don't think Kathleen Kennedy likes men or male characters in I general. don't I mean, think she does I mean she she's had herself and all her uh, female staff walking around with. The forces female shirts and I, and it's, it seems like she kind of just wants to make um she wants to make Star Wars like a female centered uh franchise because her three things have all been the three things she did besides Solo have all been female centered uh, rogue rogue uh, woman centered um Rogue One the sequel trilogy and and like um this thing as far as you know tied into the original tied into the original. Uh, trilogy. Assuming she's trying to make whatever she does that's um, tied into the original trilogy to kind of denigrate the guys and introduce like women who were actually more important. So between Luke Skywalker and and um, Obi Wan, you know, I don't know. But 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 Gio, you were bringing up why you think her grudge against um, Obi Wan. No, like sense. I think like like in the story, like all the. Um... Sith, like Fighter Ones are always very ambitious, like for no reason. Like, like you, like it's 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 one of the codes you always like always try to. I don't know. It's like I guess kill your master, achieve higher higher power, achieve higher goals. It kind of makes sense. Like it's fine. I think in my opinion. Like um, ambition, ambition is all that matters. Like within the story. Well, like, something else. Something I was thinking might be a motivation is that I know a lot of. Um, Jedi, after you know the Jedi fell, a lot of remaining Jedi um, went over to the dark side of the Force and started working for the dark side. And I was wondering if maybe she's um, an existing Jedi who. Hey, Padawan. one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe, uh, she may not have been working directly for him, but she might blame him and people from his generation for not uh, protecting the the original Jedi, you know, and that she kind of holds a grudge for that, like. Um, you, you let the Jedi Order die and let the Empire take over, and I'm mad at you for that. You've been gone for ten years, while while we had to kind of pay the price. I'm I'm thinking they're probably gonna go with that because it doesn't seem like Obi Wan himself personally knows her, right? Like he's he's seen her and hasn't uh, registered that, that that he seems to know her in any way. So I was thinking maybe she doesn't have a direct direct connection, but that she's more mad at him for. Um, why he's a symbol of I don't, I don't know, but either way, I'm not really not really interested because this, this is not even Obi Wan. I don't gonna... think it matters. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I... think it matters. He's not writing. Like if she, if she was a better character, like I don't know. She exactly. Would, like I don't mind like weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like why is she on the show? I think I think basically it's gonna be unsatisfying answer no matter what it is. Yeah. Like, my issue with the show is, like, I think it looks lazy. Like, they go from, like, a sand planet to, like, a CGI city to another sand planet. And, like, there's no, like, there's no mystery. There's no, like, mystery or beauty about, like, the show, the setting, the characters. It's it's so plain. 
Like, it doesn't, like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing interesting about, about, about anything. Like, the writing sucks, the setting sucks, the characters suck. Like, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a good show at all in, 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 any, in any way possible. Like, it's just bad overall. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing about this show. I, I and I, because I, I want to be really careful about how to, like, how to, how to critique and criticize it. Because I, 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 frankly, I don't think that any of the TV series so far have been compelling. Like, no, no TV series that Disney has produced for Star Wars has been compelling probably since Rebels. No, but the part the that bothers was the best. was that the Clone Wars was probably the best, like, like post, like pre Star Wars stuff have you ever seen. The Clone Wars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Clone Wars, yeah. Clone Wars was pretty good, probably also. Yeah, the best. Right. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but the Clone Wars was uh, pre Disney. Like George Lucas was very mm-hmm. actively involved in but, like that, the Bad Batch know? one. Like, like Bad Batch, pretty good, I think. Yeah, and like everything, Batch. everything about the everything about the uh, the the Star Wars Disney TV series has come across like they're trying to build something better than the original trilogy, and it's never going to happen. Like it, it can't happen just by sheer virtue of it not being the original series or the original trilogy. And second, because the utter disdain they show for their fans and for the characters, like they have the, the most cynical marketing campaign, which T has already mentioned, which is getting out front with when people criticize this actress, it's not because of the series. It's because they're racist. And I, I, I hate that so much because what you do then is you define any sort of criticism of your subpar product in terms of the motives of those who are making the critique. So yeah, sure. There are going to be a lot of people who say racist things about this character, but it's not as if star Wars was absent black characters or black women characters before, uh, before the, what was it? She, the, the third sister, the fifth sister. I don't remember. But third, it's, third, it's, a third, third, sister. third sister, yeah. But it's not as if like it's not as if Star Wars was devoid of black women prior to this. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, there was a there was a black woman in uh, Rise of Skywalker, and no one was saying, "Hey, what's she doing here?" No one complained. Forrest Nobody Winter said in, a thing. Was in Rogue One, so I mean, they just and she's not even like, like like they know that wasn't going to happen. I think they were trying to really do it before the third episode because they knew the third episode sucked so bad. Because uh, it came out June first, and May thirty first, they just suddenly went crazy with it, and they leaked to all the um, publications. Uh, suddenly, every publication from the Hill of all places to um, Collider to all these places, talking about, oh my God, the racism is out of control. And they, they brought out Ewan McGregor to come say, we stand with you. Like this is like you know some nine eleven memorial or some some I don't know what what they were trying to do. They went really crazy, and then. The third episode came out, and the Rotten Tomato user score plummeted from like seventy-two percent. Like, there were two episodes that came out with this black woman in it, and the user scores stood strong at seventy-two percent. So, if they were racist, and if they were review bombing this thing, they would have review bombed it from the first first two episodes that the black woman was in. But they released all this stuff about oh my god, all this racism the day before the third the third episode. Third episode comes, or predictably, the um, user score in Rotten Tomatoes drops to like 55% from 71. 
and and if you look at the reviews of the users, they're all saying stuff that has nothing to do with the the woman or the race. They're just talking about that Obi Wan is a wimp, he's a loser, the thing makes no sense, it looks cheap, all this stuff. But when you check um, the news report that day, suddenly there's all these stories about that racist review bombed um, the show. And I think the fact that the first two episodes had none of these bad reviews, but the third one did, I think, and the black woman was in all three of them, I think kind of shows that these people knew. These people, I think, basically, Disney knows that they have a turkey. And to me, I think this only has to get worse. For them to do all this, uh, I think it's going to get worse as it goes on. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gio, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Because I want to make sure we get to um, Eric as well. Uh, no, I don't. Thanks, guys. Okay, uh, and you're always welcome to come back up if you think of anything else. Uh, thanks for coming up, Gio. Appreciate you. That's all. Um, hey, Eric, how's it going? How's it going? Apparently, well, as a Star Wars fan, it's going terribly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so, you know, you gave me, this is the type of topic I can really unload on, because, listen, I'm a Star Wars fan going way back. I mean, I'm 31 years old, but growing so, up... So, so basically you're racist, you say, and you're a second. Well, and, and you're, and you're a to make a long story short, I'm racist, and I'll take the rest of the call offline. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, no, so here's what what, I, what my thought is, is that the racial politics of the Disney universe in particular are extremely confused, and it's been a couple creative decisions I've noticed, particularly in the sequel trilogies. So, okay, in order to talk about this, maybe I'll talk about, like, some of the critiques people make of, like, George Lucas's sort of racial politics within the Star Wars universe, like, for example, um, the Gungans. Are the Gungans, you know, within the prequel series, are those, is Jar Jar Binks, like, is that some kind of slave metaphor? or a step and fetch it, a type of deal. You know, um, he was criticized for that. Another thing he was criticized for is the Nemodians. Um, they, they sort of talk like Japanese people. And he even said, um, the Nemodians being the Trade Federation. Do you remember them? Yeah. Of course. Actually, I think people back then were saying that um, they were uh, too evocative of Chinese people. Well, you know what? Um, I, You know, when I was a comedian, but the joke I would make was like, well, yeah, because they were based on Japanese people because they were like, oh, you must... Uh, we must make uh, Prin Princess Amidala sign the treaty so that we can bomb Pearl Harbor. And it's like, <laughs> that's a little joke I had. But actually, Mad TV did a joke, whole joke about it because it was really in the zeitgeist at the time. Like, they showed, like, it, it was a Mad TV sketch where it was George Lucas showing off the characters. And one of the characters was like an Aunt Jemima, but in space. And it was like, okay, people were kind of like, George, are you, what are you, are you, what are you? But the whole point of the Star Wars universe, you know, the I, the very simple thing is that uh, the rebels are the racially diverse, and in this context, not only racially diverse, but species, um, you know, diverse. You know, you, as a rebel, you can be a Wookiee, you can be a, you know, any kind, any type of species. But the Empire is supposed to be human supremacists because the Empire is based on Nazis, right? Um, but the key thing about that is that we get these weird things with the sequels where it's like, actually, we're going to diversify the Empire. So, you know, the Empire, of course, becomes the First Order. But do you rem I don't know if you remember this, but you have, like, for example, I remember, um, what was her name? Captain Phasma, the actress who plays Captain Phasma. So, go so she is a... She says, Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie from, you know, Game of Thrones. And she plays this character that, um, well, like so many of these characters, is poorly conceived, poorly written, and frankly, poorly acted. Um, and that's, I'm going to say that for Reva. I'm going to say that for Ray. Sorry. Um, 
uh, same with Poland, same with, I wouldn't say Finn because I don't think he's a bad actor. Um, well, anyways, let's take one thing at a time. So what Phasma said was, this is a real step forward for representation for girls because I am playing an evil female villain. Okay. And the first scene in the movie, you know, she orders an entire, uh, of Rise of, not Rise of, the last Jedi, she orders an entire village of civilians murdered, you know, um, you see the little species. I mean, that's, you know, heartbreaking kind of, because here's the thing, here's the thing ultimately about Star Wars that like Disney cannot really get. And, and I think is when I say, I wrote in a comment, the kitty violence is not going to be reconcilable probably is that it is supposed to be a war metaphor. And so for example, if you look at rebels so often, what the Jedi do, I don't know if you've noticed this, but what the Jedi do when they like defeat a stormtrooper is they don't cut the stormtrooper in half or cut his head off. They cut their guns in half. And then the stormtroopers just kind of fall over. Have you ever, ever noticed that? Um, it's similar with the new series, okay, pulling its punches, because it's kind of like, okay, um, you knew that this new Obi-Wan series was going to be a disaster right from the start, because what did they start with? They started with a montage of the prequels. Now, if you write that properly, you don't start with a previously on Star Wars, you actually write a first episode that's, you know, writes in a story, summarizes, yeah, stands on its own, but also calls back to that and reminds the audience. You don't just say, you know, they might as well have had um, the, them just read the Wikipedia article for Obi-Wan and say, okay, ready? Okay, here's the show. Um, but it was very... I mean, I mean, I mean, the writers Remember probably wrote Game the show like Thrones? that. The, the writers probably read the Wikipedia article to write the show, to be honest. Well, that, okay, that it... brings me to another thing. These writers, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but these Star Wars writers are priding themselves. They're literally admitting, oh, yeah, we're hiring people who actually have never really, not that familiar with Star Wars. Yep. And it's going to give us such a fresh outlook. And it's like, um, they are purposefully trying to do things badly. And you know who else did that in this show? One of the actors, Rupert Friend, who's playing the Grand Inquisitor, he also said similarly, I actually didn't watch any of the Grand Inquisitor because I almost wanted to just make sure I give it my own fresh thing. And again, poorly conceived, poorly written character, poorly acted, because the way he does it is not matching and is not like fitting. Um, it's this weird thing where like these, I think... Moses and that guy, they think they're like these Shakespearean actors elevating the dialogue, but they're just talking their lines and like these poorly written lines in a sing-song voice. Like, I am going to destroy you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's like, is anybody telling them? That's it, it, ultimately it's very a, a weird. Part of this has, they want to eat off this thing, has but to somehow, the direction. The direction they want to eat bad. off this thing, but somehow hold it in contempt too. And it's like, you can't do both. Well, here's the thing is it really shouldn't have been that hard what does the Marvel Cinematic Universe do? Do they say everything that was written before is crap and we're going to make new stuff that's better and also we're going to socially engineer, you know, people. We're going to also discipline people's expectations for like what what women can do in the universe or whatever that they seem to... Another thing, you can go back in time and say, okay, was there some freaky bad gender politics to, you know, the George Lucas um, Cineverse? Um, versus the sequel series and saying, not really, I don't really see, well, here's a, here's a big thing, for example, is Jabba the Hutt. What does Jabba the Hutt do to Leia? He basically, off screen, of course, but he's basically sexually assaulting her. And that's why, because he's a villain. I mean, that's a bad thing. It shows that he's a villain. But of course, in this day and age, um, there's this weird thing where it's like with these liberal or like, I don't know, these social justice or whatever, um, creative types, where they think if you depict a bad character, that somehow that makes you bad as the author, right? Um, but but my point with Jabba the Hutt is what did Leia do to Jabba the Hutt, her abuser? She killed him, right? Which is, okay, good. That's what women should do to their abusers. Or I don't know if you call that an anti-feminist. I think it's a very pro-feminist message. 
what does Ray do with her abuser? What does Ray do with the guy who murders yeah, millions? She falls in love with him. She falls in love and she redeems him. And then he saves her life, but then she saves her life. I mean, it's okay. And these are the people who want to call themselves feminists. And they're giving us these insane, confused messages. Um, there was another moment as well. Okay, I'm on such a rant, but I'm going to keep going. The, the problem is wait. There's a big problem in our society. And we're talking about the forces female, right? There's a big problem with waif foo. Have you heard of this trope? Waif foo. Yeah, yeah. Basically and, that uh, women yeah. who uh, take up like, you know, fighting yeah. are just inherently better than men at it. So the idea that it could make any sense at all for giant, sexy uh, Kylo Ren, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's certain things I appreciate about the sequel universe. I mean, Kylo Ren is, I mean, that, that, that's a good actor with a poorly written, poorly conceived plot, and basically he's carrying the whole series. But in any case, Kylo Ren going up against little Daisy Ridley, I'm sorry, that's just, you know, there was a moment in Rise of Skywalker where they were fighting on the water, um, you know, in that big watery scene, and he just kind of beats her into submission and she's just kind of like there's a moment where she like lifts her hand from the lightsaber and she's like ow and it's like yeah exactly ow he's bigger than you. Uh, well, what are well, you doing well, here well I'll, I'll say this and it's, I mean, there, but the force see the force yeah. will just even that all out right? like, yeah, well, it's weird well, because I'll, the gender I'll, I'll politics like, is weird why can't evil people quick, do right? bad things to women in this universe they say like okay there's so many species in the universe but there's no racism and it's like really the I think isn't the empire supposed to be racist? Like, is it really progress that, for example, and it's the same thing in our real life society, of course, it's all a reflection and it's all going back and forth. But like the female drone pilot, it's like, is it supposed to be a step forward that now we can hear a, a female voice going, ah, when the, she's a stormtrooper that's being shot? Um, so in my mind, I mean, you know, I want to bring it to how I would fix it because I don't want to just be all talk. But in terms of you know, it, it, remember, you know, they could have made Obi-Wan, if they wanted to weaken Obi-Wan, I mean, if they wanted to give him a reason for being weak, you know what, maybe he got addicted to death sticks, and he is train-spotting Ewan McGregor-style Obi-Wan, am I right? But he has to go clean to go save Leia. Maybe that could have worked, but we didn't even talk about Leia. Like, oh my gosh, that character perhaps could have worked, but they what they did was they hired a girl who looks like five to play a nine-year-old when they should have hired, like, you know, a 15-year-old to play a character who looks, you know, 13 or something because it really doesn't work. Um, of course, the big thing is the direction, right? Because you have all these scenes where that little Leia is just running around and running around, outrunning the mafia guys, outrunning um, Obi-Wan, outrunning Reva, who is doing all this crazy, unnecessary parkour. Like, she adds an extra backflip for no reason because um, <laughs> just to show off the wire work. But in any case... Um, and the big thing about that is its direction, because what Deborah Chow, who is directing these episodes, or whoever else is directing, I think it's she's done all three, but in any case, what they're doing is they are directing specifically on this, it's not like a blue screen like with George Lucas, but it's that thing, that's that thing with, I forget what it's called, the realm or the the, the helm or the deep or whatever, um, but it's a big screen, big 4K screens, but they're just directing in a room. So they can't stage things properly. So that fight between Vader and um, Obi-Wan, where they're kind of separated across a you know distance by fire that just doesn't add up, that's bad direction because you're supposed to be the one who's staging all this and looking at it through the camera and saying, you know what, this isn't working or, you know what, this is working and it's not working, right? Um, but the big, And the other big thing about that is, um, yeah, the staging, um, it's like for example, I don't know. It's film. That's filmmaking 101 stuff. But again, again, that's another thing. Am I a racist now? And for the record, I am half Filipino. <laughs> 
but am I a racist for saying that? No, Deborah Chow, you are directing poorly. And you know, uh, yeah, nobody in fact, you are. Moses stuff hate messages, but she is a, doing a poor job as a poorly conceived part. And maybe a really good actress could have taken that part and like worked with the corrector and kind of massaged it. But the point is, is nobody asked for Reva. Nobody asked for weak Obi Wan. Um, nobody asked for little baby smart ass Leia going like more like Grandpa. What? What did she say? Oh, I, I didn't hear that. You know, it's like. Nobody asked for that. They did ask for certain things. And not necessarily you should give them everything they asked for. Because ultimately, I mean, one of the big hype things is Hayden Christensen in the, in the suit. But he, for example, for, first of all, he is not doing the stunts in the suit. And he's actually not even the body double for the suit. Because the guy who originally played Vader, David Prowse, was a six foot four um, bodybuilder who actually really did a lot, you know. And obviously he's not the voice of Vader because he's, that's James Earl Jones. So what exactly is Hayden Christensen doing? And I'm sorry, but what exactly is he kind of capable of doing? Because he's not really, again, shown himself to be a good actor. So lest you say that I'm picking on the women, you know, for Star Wars for being bad actors. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and to be I'm, honest, I'm, I'm, a lot of this is sad because if we had gotten, I mean, if they, if George Lucas had been able to do this maybe a little early, maybe we really could have gotten that. You know, as Carrie Fisher could have been young enough to, you know, or I guess healthy enough, the other, the whole team, right, to actually, you know, give it a good effort in the 90s. But instead, we got the prequels and instead we got certain other like, you know, revamping the originals or whatever. And, you know, um, I'd hate to give the impression, though, of saying, you know, that um, nothing would satisfy me because I, I, I will defend to the death. Well, not to the death. Yeah, maybe to the death. Or Rogue, Rogue One, because, you know what, Rogue One actually did take some serious creative risks that I think paid off. In particular, the idea of actually, and this will bring back to my point about war, the, the idea of actually letting, um, having you get to know each and every character, you know, and their story and their background, because actually there's a lot of characters there who come at this. They all come out, you know, they all join up at the end, right, to do the big mission. But you actually do, it does feel like a war movie because you find out, like, this guy, you know, you can, I don't know, you can glean details. There, there's characterization there, I think, in Rogue I will argue that. But um, at the end of the day, then they all die. And you, you actually sit with them in each of their deaths. And I think that's kind of profound because so much of Star Wars, you know, if you wanted to do an updated version, you would kind of grapple with the fact that like when they blew up the Death Star, um, they killed a lot of innocent people. Not the Empire, I mean, but like their slaves, the Wookiee slaves and um, the, the people who, you know, are in the prisons. And maybe you might start to also um, think about how, you know, the other reason why Disney can't do this is because the original Star Wars films, okay were based on World War II style anti-fascism and stuff, right? I mean, the Allies and, the, you know, Hitler and the Nazis. And of course, they're supposed to be, you know, why is it if the empire is based on the Nazis, then why is it supposed to be like a big thing for us to, you know, gender, you know, but we have to ask ourselves, ask ourselves about that with our own society. And then, so, and then the other big thing is the prequels are about world, are about George Bush. They really are because they really are um, George Lucas's criticism of like the war on terror and like, you know, presidential, you know, war powers and things like that. There is some kind of basis there, um, you know, and fighting insurgency and then yourself becoming like kind of the bad guys. But then what is, there is no, but there is no similar route of anything to the Disney sequels. Like I have seen, for example, in their writing workshop, the Disney people, like they saw on a whiteboard, not Star Wars is not pro-war. And it's like, okay, um, that's a good insight to have. But unfortunately, I mean, the way when you make it like a kiddie thing so much, I don't know. I mean, oh, I've never well, well one like, thing, one thing, one thing is the kind of answering questions that don't, really need to be answered like was anybody saying star wars was pro-war like like they do a lot of things that are fixing problems that never actually happened and you know the star wars is pro-war thing i think is one example but 
for example, and this is something that new creatives do all the time. It drives me kind of crazy about like a lot of these new woke creatives. Um, Moses Ingram said in um, these interviews, she went around and she said, um, I'll find the exact quote because I don't want to, um, she goes, Obi-Wan is going to bring the most diversity I think we've ever seen in the galaxy before. To me, it's That's long a threat. over. To me, it's long overdue. If you've got talking droids and aliens, but no people of color, it doesn't make any sense. It's 2022, you know. So we're just at the beginning of that change. But I think to start that change is better than never having started. So she basically declared that Obi Wan and her character are starting the change. There's never been diversity before. Uh, there's been droids and aliens and everything but people of color. And it's like, okay, Rogue One had like multiple black people and Asians. Uh, there was Lando Calrissian. There was um, a black woman in Rise of Skywalker. There were um, different types of uh, Mace Windu, Sam Jackson. He was, he was there. Jimmy Smith. Can I say like, something as a you... Filipino? Um, yeah. Which is, it's funny because they used some Filipino Tagalog when the Ewoks speak. So my Filipino relatives would be like, because you can hear them say certain <laughs> Tagalog things. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, the, the, the old George Lucas type of like the argument for George Lucas, you know, and you see a similar thing in Star Trek is like, you mean each different alien race is supposed to represent like a human race? Like, oh, this the, this alien, like the Klingons, are they black people? Or, you know, the Romulans, are they like, you know, Chinese people? And it's like, you know, Star Trek has, makes a point of having different, like, black, there's black Romulans, there's black Vulcans, and there's white Romulans and white Vulcans. They make a point of that, and they actually try to explain that in-universe. But you, something you really do have to notice, I think, with the new Disney Star Wars, of why I think it's actually important, what, why there is no actual root in wars, that, like, the people that they're, that, like, you, you look at The Mandalorian, or you look at any of these shows that are ostensibly geared towards kids, and it's really showing them, like, you know, you can kill this subhuman. It's whenever there's like a subhuman, like the Mandalorian, he was like taking pot shots, um, just wiping out, uh, what do you call those? The little Jawas that stole his ship. And he's just like, it's, and it's, it's a cute scene, right? It's like, tee he's just killing this Jawas. And it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, geez, like the Uvalde shooting, that really kind of hit different because I watch when, when, when you watch the, um, the, the younglings being protected, but like if they're under attack, right? I mean, like, and then that happened the day of the evolution. I was watching, and I'm just thinking, like, oh, this kind of hits different. But I think, by the way, I think what they're setting up is that Reva was one of those younglings, and she either resents Obi Wan for not protecting her, or that she wants to summon Obi Wan to help her defeat Darth Vader, and she's really trying to get Obi Wan because in order to get Obi Wan, see. In order to get close to Darth Vader, she has to bring him Obi-Wan, because then Darth Vader will let her within 10 feet of her and she can stab him, right? That's what I think is they're setting up. And if that happens, it'll be the most obvious thing in the world. But in any case, I guess I want to le- uh, leave you room for this next caller. But um, yeah, I, I I think, you know, if it were if it were up to me, they should give me control of Star Wars. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's what they should do. I, I'm being serious. They should open up Star Wars. First of all, they should get rid of um, the copyright, make it public domain, and then... <laughs> Put together a little algorithm and invite every Star Wars fan to submit their fan scripts. The algorithm can take them all in, make a movie that averages out everything that people want, and it'll be the best Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> that or they just get George Lucas to consult. I don't I don't know. But uh, thanks, thanks for calling. And um, before we get to um, Gamby, um, yeah, to finish the point I was saying before is like, I just find it very strange that 
they have to give themselves credit for something that they just didn't do. Like like this whole thing about recreating diversity. But all the places they report it and nobody pushes back. In general, the role of the media, and this has been weird to me, that nobody fact checks anything. Anything that um, Lucasfilm or Disney or the star says in the in the public relations, they just mindlessly repeat it. If you say that there's an onslaught of a racist deluge of, you know, a torrent of this. Sure, there is. Like, you know, like, like there's no questioning about, hey, is this a publicity stunt? Uh, did you actually invent diversity in Star Wars, X, Y, and Z? It's like, no, we're just the extension. We're the unofficial PR arm of Disney, whatever the studio says. We're just going to, um, you know, print but one thing i disagree with the last caller on is i don't really mind tiny women beating up big guys in in superhero stuff and in movies because it's not meant to be realistic in that in that regard as in one person no matter how good you are realistically cannot kick the ass of 20 people i don't care if you know you're mike tyson no or Bruce I'll, Lee. I'll tell you exactly where the problem was with ray ray oh, didn't on, have to hold on, let me Sure. Let me, let me finish this first. Uh, like, there's so many things that are just not um, realistic. Like, one guy can't beat up 10, 20, 30 people, no matter how good he is. You know, people can't shoot beans from their hands. People are using magic. So it's like, if you're going to have a woman beat a guy and they're both using magic, it's like, okay, I believe a little girl beating up a big guy because, I mean, a big a guy beating up 40 people single-handedly is... is is bullshit too. My problem is the experience. She just picks up shit and knows how to do it right away. Like, I don't care if the girl can beat up the guy, but the girl should at least have some kind of experience or whatever. What kind of drove me crazy with her was she would just pick up stuff for the first time and be awesome at it and just beat up people who were doing it for like, you know, their whole lives. And that, that was a bullshit to me. And you can finish your point. Uh, I'll cue. No. Yeah. It, it's, Kind of um, what you were, it's on the path of what you were saying. The problem is in telling a good story, the protagonist generally has to overcome things. So they have to run into an obstacle that's between them and what it is that they want, or um, that the, the antagonist, or at least a deuter antagonist, has to test the hero's abilities, whether it's the ability to survive, to get what they want, whatever. Nobody in the entire trilogy tested Ray on anything. The only the only person that tested Ray was Ray, and the 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 dark side testing Ray was like barely even a plot element. It was sort of teased in part two, and then completely overcome in part three with no effort whatsoever. And the problem is everything was just so easy for her, so she was carried from one scene to the next to the next, and never had to overcome any adversity whatsoever. And the problem I have with that is because people called Ray a Mary Sue character, which I think she absolutely was. But then the response to that is, well, Luke Skywalker was a, was a, what was it? A Harry stew or whatever. Uh, but, Marty, Marty stew, Marty stew. Yeah. And it's like, yes and no. Did he pick up the, the, did he pick up um, his abilities in a relatively quickly, quick period of time? Yes. But he got his ass handed to him twice. Like he he you know for, uh, in the uh, in the first Star Wars movie he couldn't even take on Darth Vader that was just that was way beyond nope. his ability it was Obi Wan Kenobi who took on Darth Vader and he watched his 
uh, he watched his, uh, his, his mentor get slain right in front of him. And in the second film, he thought he was, he had, he thought he had enough stones to take on Darth Vader by himself. Darth Vader was like, nah, son, you better, you better come back. You better train a little bit more. Bring a friend and pack a lunch, bro. Just fucked him up. Right. And so like, so the, the first, I mean, yeah, the, there was a victory in the first movie, but there was also loss. And in the second movie, the, se- the second film, Empire Strikes Back, was just L after L after L. But in none of the sequel films did Rey encounter anything that she could not immediately overcome. The fact that she took on Kylo Ren, who was tr- strong enough, Vader couldn't even do this. Vader could not stop a, a, a blaster bolt in midair. Kylo Ren can do that. And Rey was, a, was able to overpower Kylo Ren, which makes Rey stronger than Darth Vader at the outset. I'm just, nah, no, absolutely without, not. Without, without any training, without even knowing she had the Force. It, it was just really yeah. ridiculous. But then, like, uh, Mary Sue kind of became, like, a slur. So if you said, like, Mary Sue, people get mad at you. Someone's like, are you saying Mary Sue? Like, like you said, some kind of actual. But Mary Sue means something. Like, you called her the C-word or something. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very bizarre. Uh, before we get to Gambi, I'm just gonna give a quick bullet point list of some of the plot holes of this thing that I just thought were just first off the writers of this thing is like amateur hour, right? Like I was looking at the writers, I'm like, who are these writers? They're really, really bad. And there's six parts and it's gonna be six episodes and for the last two, they brought their most seasoned writer, it seems. So it so I don't know if, you know, this guy's gonna you know, maybe help bring it. But um, one writer's name is Joby Harold. He's a white guy who wrote on that series Underground. He wrote a couple of episodes. And Underground was a pretty uneven series. If you remember the the one with this, it was Prison Break yeah, yeah. action movie, but with slaves. It was, uh, um, actually, no, he was executive. Oh, oh, this this is what, I'm sorry. He didn't even write that. He was executive producer. He has to written nothing. This is what he wrote. He wrote Army of the Dead. Um, I guess that's the Zack Snyder thing that came out on Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was which was just not a good film. Overly yeah, long, yeah. made no sense. Yeah. So he only has a handful of credits uh, writing, right? He has six writing credits. One is something called Awake in 2007. I'm not sure what Awake is. I'm trying to see now, but it it doesn't. Oh, oh, Hayden, Hayden Christian and. Jessica Alba were in it. I've never um, heard of it. He he wrote um, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword in 2017, which I think was a flop. I don't know if it was any good. Uh, he wrote Army of the Dead. That's his third credit. And Obi Wan. Oh, I remember. Oh no, no, no. Awake. I do remember. Awake was. You know how um, Hollywood tends to come out with um, two films that have similar um, premises or similar themes at the same time, you know, like Volcano, yeah. Dante Speak. Okay. So Awake came out at around the same time as The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. And I do remember this film. It was about a guy, uh, this like rich, this rich dude that was undergoing surgery, but he was able to, um, like he, he was a, like awake and aware of the surgery that he was undergoing. So he was feeling all of the pain. Okay. Yeah, um, I remember that was, one. Okay. Uh, King Arthur is a King Arthur movie with the guy from Sons of Anarchy. 
I, I remember it now, but it came away from the theaters uh, pretty quickly. I don't know if it was any good. It has a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the um, King Arthur film with Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi is his fourth credit, and his other two credits are the new Flash movie, which everyone is saying um, sucks, like like the the pre testing, and Transformers: Rise of the Beast. So um, you know he's hasn't really done a lot. The other writer, Hossein Amini, wrote Forty Seven Ronin, Snow White, and the uh, Huntsman. He wrote the screenplay to Drive, which um, I'll say was okay. I mean, um, it wasn't the most amazing plotted movie ever. I mean, Drive, I think, was more about the visuals than any particularly strongly written story. Um, he wrote The Four Feathers in 2002. Um, yeah, with Heath um, Ledger and Jamin Huntsu. Yeah, the, I think The remake, so. yeah. Uh, then there's um, the Alienist, that TV series. You wrote a couple episodes of that. I mean, n- n- nothing, none of these people wrote anything that seems to have really stood out. This next guy wrote Gears of War, uh, Halo, and a bunch of stuff I never heard of before. Um, yeah, so, okay, last person. She wrote Trolls, The, the Beat Goes On. From the TV, from the Trolls TV series, something called Hit the Road, Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, was like from 2015. Um, yeah, so the only person that they have that seems to have a real um, pedigree is coming for the last two episodes. His name is Andrew Stanton, and he's someone who's worked at Pixar a lot. So he's been the writer on um, Toy Story 4, Find um, Finding Dory, um, Toy Story Three, John Carter, Wall. He he did the original story and screenplay for Wally, um, Monsters Inc. screenplay. So uh, he did a Bug's Life, Toy Story Two, the original Toy Story. So I don't know. Maybe the last two episodes, when this guy comes on, episodes five and six, will you know, be amazing, because he's the only guy I've seen here who has, actually has a track record of writing highly regarded highly regarded stuff. But uh, these first four is, you know, pretty much like kind of amateur hour uh, journeymen who just kind of write, you know, just kind of work for higher forgettable yeah. uh, franchise stuff. Um, so, so anyway, some quick, some quick Actually, I'll let Gamby speak first because we haven't waiting for a while. Uh, Gamby, by all means, please unmute. No, go ahead. You, you got something you want to say first? No, no, you, you go ahead. Yeah, you, yeah, you can go ahead. can follow yeah. up. All right. Well, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Um, so I was just want I just wanted to say, um, you know, I'm a I'm a um, I like Star Wars a lot, and uh, Obi Wan has been my favorite character really since the prequel trilogy. Um, I came up on a the prequels really to be honest i mean i was younger when they came out i was really little so you know i never really knew i, I didn't even conceive that there were really issues with the prequels like that because i just kind of watched them you know i didn't really learn until like i went to college that there were ever like issues you know with that you know i look back at them now and i knew they wouldn't really all that perfect or you know there were issues with the dialogue and stuff but um for me you know i liked obi-wan and especially particularly ewan mcgregor's obi-wan so for me it's kind of disappointing you know, the way the the series has been, like, 
it's like they want to deconstruct him, kind of like 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 Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi's, like like what's become of him, and like, but it's also been like ten years now since Revenge of the Sith, so it's like he's still like meandering that much, like he's closed himself off from the Force and stuff, and I really don't get like like how long it's been, like how much time, you know, I get if he goes through like a depression because he, he failed with Anakin and Anakin fell to the dark side and stuff, but it's like, like he's supposed to be getting ready to train Luke. That's what he talked to the uh, Owen, Uncle Owen, you know, when they, when they talked in the first episode, but he's like, but he's not really keeping himself sharp in any kind of way. He's just kind of looking from he, afar. It's like, it's kind of weird. And he won't use the force even to save his life like like it has to right. be very yes. last minute i mean i mean like he keeps using blasters and doing all this stuff and there's even one scene this is a scene that's really made no sense except to have him be saved by a woman I, like, like i feel like they just wanted to just show strong female characters and weak male characters so he just finished be, um, beating up with blasters for whatever reason he still won't use the force even to save leia with a gun to her head he'd rather shoot by leia's head and risk hitting her then, then use the force. Right. He could have like you, you know he, he could have used some kind of uh, Jedi mind trick and got the stormtrooper like that. But he better shoot I'm... against Leia, right? So so this this is what happens. He kicks out like six people. Then he's running away with Leia, and a whopping three more stormtroopers come. He just gives up. I'm like, wait a minute, you just beat yeah, up like seven. Right. Seven. Why are these three? making you surrender and i'm watching i'm like okay this is weird that he has a blaster drawn already and he's just and he's letting these three back him down and then i realized oh this is why because you want to have because indira varma had to make her entrance exactly you want to have you get saved saved by 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 the female character so you just had him just so but even when he was giving up like uh she comes out no these three come out he gives up and he closes his eyes and he just waits for the shots to come and kill him. I'm like, wait a minute, you're gonna just give up and die before you use the force, like and like, let and let uh, Leia die let too. Leia die, yeah, yeah. So he's not gonna use your force to save your life against three randos. Uh, it, it was so stupid. Yeah, it's just like the way they. It seemed like a lot of it's, it's like a lot of the action scenes though. It's like like what is he doing? Like he's it's so much meandering. Like I guess you know you could say on one level he's been out the game, but it's like. Like, I feel like it's just kind of like, like some people said it already, like you watch how Leia is able to kind of just run away from everybody, even though, yeah, she looked like she, like a really young 10 year old. She, I really thought she was like six or something, but she really looks really small, but she's able to like get away from Obi-Wan. It's like, like, it's like, you know how you, like, if you're like in a house and you got like a little mouse you running from, it's kind of hard to catch him. It's like, it's like that. Like, how is she able to like really get away from all y'all that much? And it's just, that's just the way it's, it, it just kind of framed. Like she just. Got breakaway speed, and even, you know, like, and, and even for a kid, she's not a good runner. Like, if she runs yeah. like that, they should have. They, they should have used bad. camera tricks. Yeah, they should have used camera tricks to kind of hide that she can't run. But she runs like a toddler, which makes it even. I don't want to insult like a kid's athleticism, but I'm yeah. saying that the the camera. If you're a grown man and you cannot catch up to a ten year old running away from you, like, then but, 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 are you a man? But she's not even running like a ten year old. She's running like a toddler. Like like even <laughs> four, even for ten year old, she runs like really weird. They had an inquisitor when oh, oh not an inquisitor uh, the I think the the bounty guys who were coming there when they came and kidnapped her I don't know how she was able to get out the house I don't know how they just let her run but they they you know when they were running after one of the guys they're running behind her 
And it's like, they can't, like, can't y'all, like, just catch up to it? Yeah, like, you can see the actors faking um, being, uh, you can see the actors faking being um, stymied by the obstacles, like the trees and whatever. The one one guy runs the the other way, I guess, to cut her off. I'm like, is that even necessary? Like, what? Like, like, it's just, it just, it really looks weird, like, in in one of the, the, the worst things that to, to me, in my opinion, was when they had Darth Vader come. And when, when, first of all, I don't really understand, like the, I don't understand what's up with Disney and their production values or when it comes to making a really good, like lightsaber fighting scene or whatever. Like, cause it's like, I, I know I'm not asking them to be like revenge of the Sith level. I get that. He ain't been doing it like that. So, and Darth Vader kind of like a machine now. So I get it. He ain't going to do a lot of the twizzling that he was twisting that he was doing when he had his full body, but it's like, it just doesn't look great. Like none of it. It just, it's like, it's just cut. It's just like good cuts. And it's like Vader comes out of the dark to look at Obi-Wan. And I'm like, I feel like, I don't know. Have y'all ever seen that, um, that Star Wars YouTube video, um, scene 38 where they, uh, kind of remake, like the the image of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in A New Hope when he fights. And and it's kind of more close to what Lucas actually had in his mind. Mm. He never like know what Lucas was trying to go for, but yes. he didn't have like the technology even at that time or it just wasn't there to make it look like that. But if you ever look at that video, it's got like, like I think like millions and millions of hits and it's made by like just amateurs. And if you go look at that scene, it's an incredible, you know, reimagining of the Obi-Wan Darth Vader scene, you know, more, you know, more technically. Well- Sounding what it could well, be. Well, it's well, like, well, 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 to be fair, this is maybe amateurs too. They just uh, professionally hired <laughs> amateurs. They got more money, though. Like, yeah, like them dudes did. Like they, they, they just they were able to, you know, get fundraising to make that to make just to make that little like five minute scene. You know, it's like you guys are Disney. Like y'all can't like you can't even make that look just any more competent than that. Like, you know, cause, cause my thing is, even if you say, well, it's not going to look like revenge of Sith because of the way the characters are, it's like, well, Obi-Wan was old and real old in that one. So it's like, you know, like, you, like yeah. they were able to make Being that. Being played by Alec. So here's the thing. Like, the reason that um, it looked that way in the original Star Wars movie is because the the um, the little, like, the poles that they were using uh, for them to um, overlay the lightsaber glow on, they were yeah. actually very flimsy. So they couldn't actually hit each other very hard. Otherwise, they would actually right. destroy those poles. Right. So yeah, I, I did see the, uh, the scene 38 um, video that you're talking about. And I thought, okay, so uh, there was a problem that um, people had with the prequel movies in that in trying to do martial arts with the lightsabers, they might have gone a little bit too far. Like, I think there was a an attempt to imitate, like, Hong Kong cinema, which at the time was pretty popular. I, I could understand why people were not really feeling it at that time. So in the sequel movies, they went with a more grounded sort of... Um, I, I guess you could say like more more of a European looking uh, yeah, approach. Paris, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right. In the, uh, the like, you would expect if there was going to be a, a rematch between Darth Vader and Obi Wan, and even assuming that in their rematch, Darth Vader was like way. I'm not exactly sure why he's so OP. Like all he all he's had happen to him is that he was revived and that. Um, he's had like cybernetic enhancements, but I'm not really sure what that has to do with the force. So, right. but but even but even assuming that in their first battle or in the in the battle they had in the first movie in the in the first movie of the original trilogy, Obi Wan was holding his own against Darth Vader. Exactly. So, like, why yeah. why couldn't why did they have to make him so OP, and why did this yeah. battle have to look so trash? 
Yeah, a younger, well, like a younger Obi Wan, like you know what I'm saying. And this is like what ten years younger or something like that. You and McGregor, do you think- like so so overpowered, you know, so overpowered. Then he, you know, he's getting picked up by the force and you know set him on fire. And then that was kind of weird how they got away because it was like can't Darth Vader just catch them and stop them from moving? Like they just kind of able to pick him up and Vader lets oh him go God. out. Character work, but it's it's kind of just weird. So- like. All- all of this kind so of weird. Things, so many things made no sense. Like, like, uh, <laughs> I, I have such a long list, right? Uh, that's why, that's why I was tripping when the guy was talking about like the very um, um, minute continuity errors. Because I was like, before you even get there, there's just basic logistics. Like, how is <laughs> the, the the Darth Vader teleport? First off, that makes no sense. Like, how is Darth Vader just showing up everywhere? I mean, is he sprinting full speed? Like, like. But off camera, so. like, like no, Vader, Darth like, Vader moves like Michael Myers. Yeah, like that's, that's, yeah. remember in Rogue One. Remember in Rogue One, um, when he shows up at the very end, oh, and yeah, yeah. like, I thought that was the perfect way to introduce Darth Vader, or at least to sorry to, to like have Darth Vader cameo, because you could get just how much terror he was putting into these people's hearts when he just he walks through these tunnels and just. Fucking mows down everybody. Like he a, killed like, like twenty odd yeah. dude, and it was it's realistic looking. Right, it, it looked like okay. So this guy is just like just tossing people around like rag dolls. Anybody that gets close enough to him, he just like slices them in half, and he does so in a very like you you can tell that he he knows how to use his weapon, um, but he's not like slow. He's very like methodical and deliberate about it. And in 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 Obi Wan, he just looked like a a lumbering jackass, like you, like you put a, a lightsaber in the hand of Chewbacca or something. He, he was he was a lumbering jackass that somehow could just cross great distances in the blink of an eye. And yeah, teleporting or doing or sprinting, and neither makes sense to me. But like, okay, another thing that kept happening was they have people because it needs someone to figure something out. The person just figures it out, but it makes no sense how. Like for example, um. Are these jumps in logic that make no sense? Like Reva just keeps figuring out how to draw Obi Wan out or know who Obi Wan knows, and it doesn't make any sense. I'll give an example, like the Organa guy, right? She, she she figures out somehow, even though no one else knows that Organa has some kind of tie to um to uh Obi Wan, right? Okay, yeah. now, e- now even if he has a tie to Obi Wan, so you're thinking, hey, I'm gonna why would kidnapping Leia? Uh, get it done because see she the only reason that Organa says I can't involve the authorities I can't involve all the things at my uh, disposal because I don't want to draw attention to Leia because we're keeping her hidden from from Vader and by drawing attention to the fact that she's kidnapped might uh, put her on on Vader's radar but Reva has no idea that, that Leia is Vader's daughter, right? She has no idea the significance of Leia. So why would she know that Organa would just keep it hush-hush and only uh, recruit Obi-Wan? Like, how would she, wh- why would she not think that Organa would just get every single guard, recruit the whole empire, right. put up he's all points? Yeah, yeah, he's a senator, but but... So, so much of what Reva's doing is as if she knows would require her to know who Leia really is, but she doesn't know who Leia really is. It's just bad writing. These people haven't thought it through. 
and I think I think it is bad writing in the sense that it, it doesn't make sense just watching how it's how it's playing out. But I think I think she is tied to him in some kind of way because like she kind of does the same thing with the um the Owen uh, uh, Uncle Owen because when she's like interrogating him like do you know what a Jedi is? We looking for a Jedi. It's like. It's just like, what are the odds she would go to the person that literally knows the Jedi is right there? And, and you know, I, think, I know it's so- I think I think if it was a good writer, you'd be right. But I just think that this is just how hacks write. They just make really dumb coincidences for drama. Yeah, I mean, and it's, but see, even then, it's kind of bad, though, because, like, you know Owen ain't going to die until, like, a new hope. You know, he ain't dead. Like, no, so it's yeah. like, he doesn't even really do nothing. Like, I'm going to kill you right now. I'm like, yeah, but that don't... Like I know it's not gonna work because yeah, no yeah, it's, point, so it's, it's pointless. It's pointless suspense. It's a point. And a lot of things that, that just make no sense. Like for example, um, Obi Wan saves Leia from the kidnappers and is running away with her. And then for some reason, when um, when Obi Wan is looking at the bounty hunter, Leia sees that um, there's a wanted poster for Obi Wan, and then Leia freaks out and she goes, "Oh my god." They took me to get to you. To get to you. Like, how did you make that leap? Leap. Yeah, yeah. Why would the fact that you're... Like, even... even Like, I think what they're setting up for Leia is that her latent force ability is that she's able to... She's able to divine people's true intentions. Like, that that seems to be... Giving that script too much credit. That scene clearly showed... It's not. No, 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 no. I think think they're, like, uh, like, in the scene with her cousin, for example, in the first episode when she gets kidnapped... Yeah, the first episode when she gets kidnapped, um, she's able to... Uh, understand like what it is that's motivating her cousin to treat other people like well, shit. She, so she, she says yeah. exactly what it is, though. She seems like she's reading his mind more than anything. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. There's several scenes like that. Also on that cart when she's talking to him uh, about stuff. I, I agree. There's scenes like that. I just don't think that scene was one. That scene was she sees she sees the wanted poster and, flips, <laughs> and flips that, that's what up. I'm trying to and say. It's like the, even even off. even given the advantage that she has, which is that it seems like her latent force ability is to understand, either understand when people are lying or understand people's underlying motivations. Even with that, how then did she make the leap from he's on a wanted poster, which a fucking course he's on a wanted poster because he just captured you from a bunch of kidnappers. So did you not think that kidnappers would try to use whatever means at their disposal? To exactly. get him exactly, yeah. and she adds, and she adds after that, did my father even send you? Which is why I think she's not using force intuition because if she was using force intuition, she would have realized her father sent him. Like, had sent like him, some yeah. of the one, some of the wanted poster makes her even think that her father didn't even. So I'm like, okay, wait. So why would, why would he go through all this if not for your father? Like, like because he wants to hold you for ransom next. Like, like it just, it just makes, it just, this is jumps in logic. It makes no sense. But they just needed her to run away. And fall yeah. and jump off a building. They, and then she they gets. Wanted, yeah, they wanted to jump off a building so he could force lift her. So they have to get to some to a reason to make her run away. So they just yeah. put the dumbest. And there's a lot of writing like that. We're like, we have to get somewhere. Like for example, you know, you know what it is? Her, I, I call it the plot needs to happen. So exactly. Like there's there was a there was a high point in the plot. There was a set piece. There was some sort of conflict. There was something that you needed to make happen. And you don't have the script writing ability to pull it off. So rather than go back and revise and say, hey, hang on a second, this is not going to work. Why don't we try to rework it this way? No, no, no. Like either it's already been filmed or 
that that's a beat that the producer has forced you to put into that episode. So you you don't have the chops to really pull it off. Right. And yeah, the, yeah. the whole like seeing the wanted post rather than have somebody mess with her head, like I don't know, perhaps she's even introduced to Riva early on and Riva is pff, I don't know. Maybe this is like a fail safe or something. So that if Obi-Wan does show up and manage to get him away from the captors, that uh Riva makes her think, Hey, I'm on your side. I'm gonna try and get you out of here, right? Something like that. So uh perhaps um she sees Riva and thinks, Oh, wait a second. He's actually not trying to help me. She's trying to help me. So she runs away from Obi-Wan. So something like that. But no, it's that she sees his face on a wanted poster and thinks, and like, so everything that came for the 10 minutes before that was just completely blown out the door just yeah. so that he could save her from falling. Right. It was, it was totally ridiculous. Uh, why would the Grand Inquisitor fight with Reva right when she had Kenobi cornered? Like, like it makes no sense. He's right there cornered beef with her after like people had to act stupid to make the plot happen like suddenly he's like you're going too far and it's time to discipline you uh third sister like she has the dude back in the corner right and then they start to fight and then why would reva kill him then and she goes uh i'm not letting you take credit and it's like okay it's like, like, like a twitter feminist like fighting over credit like <laughs> like, 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 like there's, there's multiple times in the thing where she keeps talking about credit, she talks to the the the, the Asian guy played by um, Sun Kang. She goes, yeah. "Yeah, let's we'll see if you get credit." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Here's credit? the other like, thing too. So Darth Vader tasks her with capturing Obi Wan, but then why is was it is it the second brother or the fourth brother or whatever? Why then does okay? So if Darth Vader is tasking her with capturing Obi Wan, and her life depends on capturing Obi Wan. Why then would she be subservient to this guy who doesn't want her to? Yeah, that 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 makes no sense. Oh, here's another one example of people figuring out things that make no sense. She mentions Anakin Skywalker or whatever, and she can't see Obi Wan. He's been hidden behind something, but just by silence, she goes, "You didn't even know he was alive." I'm like, how the hell would you know just by you saying Anakin Skywalker? I mean, like, are you intuiting it by the force or somehow? But they don't really explain. It's like somehow she just figures out that she told him something that is shocking him. Even though she can't see him, he wasn't talking. So it wasn't like he he went silent. Like, it's... And and maybe it was because of the force, but establish that better. I shouldn't have to fill in the blanks for you as a viewer. You know what I mean? And and to me, that's why, I mean, just the last thing I just wanted to say, I mean, for me, that's why I, I, I do think, like... I, I won't say there's a a smoke filled back room where you're ever gonna see like Disney was like we're gonna go out there and say if you don't like the Reva character then you're racist. I don't think I don't think that you would find that, but I don't think Disney minds that you kind of conflate any criticism with possible racism or like No, or if, I like, think they designed know. it. I think they planned it proactively. They said okay. this shit I- sucks. This shit sucks. <laughs> we need a screen. It's, 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 it's too organized. I'll give you... It's it's very organized. I just think, like... Because to me, it's like... I, I saw, like, one... It's definitely working, if nothing else. I say that. I mean, in terms of, like, the, the shield and, you know, the PR and the shills, you know, or whatever. Like, I was on Twitter. I, I interacted with a guy, and he was like... He was like, you know, he kind of was, like, doing some quotes of, of a hypothetical fan who don't like Reva in, in, in the tweet, and it was like, Oh, she's too, you know, impulsive and angry and loud and all that kind of stuff. And he said, 
And his response to that, you know, in the tweet is, that's literally Anakin Skywalker, and he shows the Hayden Christian. I'm like, and I responded to him, I'm like, you know, a lot of people didn't really like Hayden Christian's Christian yeah. either. And it's like, they really have problems with that, too. So it's like, what what is your point, like, about people not his liking point, his point a person's choices? Hayden Christian's, his point is Hayden Christensen is a white, cis, straight male. Yeah, so he's nah, a, yeah, so, nah. It's always trying to say. He's, he's like, he got to do it. Why can't, you know, there's just that, but, that baby logic. I'm, but it's like, but it's... it's yeah. It's so it's many so things in, in Star Wars. I mean, like, it's like, I think, I think, I think personally, this is my thing. Obi-Wan is such an established character. People come to see Obi-Wan. They don't really come to see Reva. We don't know what the point of this character is, at least to this point. So a lot of people are going to feel some type of ways, especially when you're de- dealing with legacy. I think that was Hayden Christensen's issue is that he's supposed to be Darth Vader. I think that's, I think it's part of it. I don't, you know, I don't justify like toxicity or how bad it ever gotten for certain actors in this thing. But I do think that plays a factor in it. Like, cause I don't think like you see like Boba Fett, which I didn't like that show, but like a lot of people didn't really like complain about that. And that technically was led by two people of color, you know, uh, with the, uh, uh Boba Fett. Yeah, and, Tim um, Morrison and, and nobody like that was never an issue of like, you're going to face racism, you know, Ming now win or anybody, you know, that that's really going to be an issue. You know, it's not, it's not I really think like that a lot like of people that. liked Ming now wins character more than Boba Probably, Fett. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, Probably, yeah. one of the big, <laughs> one of the no, well, one of the, one of the big uh, criticisms that Boba Fett got is that it, like, he was playing a background character in a show named after him, and which is absolutely yeah, true. Exactly, yeah. and that's in that, but and that caused a lot of its own issues in its own way because people, I didn't like it. I'm like, he's like, he's a Tuscan Raider. He's kind of like doing some dances with wolves stuff, and I'm like, I, I didn't really, I wasn't into the story, but he was also he's kind of behind in everything. Like the Mandalorian has a a whole episode. It's all, it goes back to being the Mandalorian, like three fourths in, you know. They do something. It seems the like there was some, there was some uh, material left on the cutting room floor for the Mandalorian be. series, so they just tacked it onto the book of Boba Fett instead. They just go. They bring out uh, Ahsoka, Luke, and and you know Grogu back. I'm like, wait, like when are we getting back to Boba Fett? How did we get all the way over here? to this whole Mandalorian episode, but I guess that's for, you know, that's for, and they, they brought back, like, you know, one of the Clone Wars characters, which I like from the show, you know, they, they brought back Cad Bane, and that was kind of interesting, but that was really it, like, other than that, it, that had bad CGI with them, the kids with the, the scooters or whatever, I'm like, it's just kind of weird, like, it's just, like you said, like, the quality is really going down, like, and I think that's frustrating people, too. Here are, here are three quick plot holes, uh, I'm gonna run through, through really quick, just, just give examples, these that make no sense. Why didn't let Kumail Nanjiani go? Like, like, isn't he Reva's <laughs> best bet for fighting Kenobi? Since, like, like Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani told Obi-Wan Kenobi which planet to go to and gave him coordinates. So why would she let him go? She would arrest him and say, where did you send him to go? And torture the shit out of him. Instead, she lets him go, runs away, and then they're using probes and whatever to scour all these planets. Why wouldn't you go back and find that dude? And, you know, tor- first of all, why would you let him go in the first place? But they're fishing around like blind bats throughout all these planets when they had in their hands the person who she knows sent him. She, she even says, she goes, you're not a Jedi, but you know where the Jedi is, don't you? And then she um, lets him go in the alley. And, and, and then the rest of the time, they're just playing Russian roulette and trying to figure out. So that, that made no sense. Like, like, these people just don't have any basic plotting skills the, the second plot yeah. hole right the a second plot hole was 
Okay, on the on the planet where um, Obi Wan Kenobi was, they had wanted posters to the point that that random black kid um, saw Obi Wan's face and ran to Camille Nanjiani and said, "We just had this guy in our hands. We let him go." That's how much of blasting his um, his uh, his wanted poster around to the point civilians know Obi Wan's face. So, given that, why would you send actual stormtroopers, your actual soldiers? to another world and not give them a picture of Obi-Wan's face or his name or, or a description or even the name of his captive. Like, like how are they going to find him when they got to the planet? Like, like, like these, these stormtroopers just walking around and they're like, yeah, we were sent to get a Jedi, you know? Uh, yeah. And, 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 and they're just sitting there right in front of him. So clearly all these people were sent to this world with no picture of, of, of Obi-Wan. What they were supposed to do was bring Obi-Wan to some droid in a specific location, have the droid scan his face, and then send the scan back across the galaxy from just see if it's Obi-Wan. And uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, what sense does that make? Instead of just giving these people a picture and having to get Obi-Wan, this was to pick random people in random places, kidnap them, bring them back in front of this one solitary probe and have the probe scan faces. And then, and, and they don't even know the name of the girl. So when he accidentally calls her Leia, remember that sitcom mistake he does where he says Leia? They're like, wait a minute. We thought her name was Luna. Oh, Leia's her mother's name. I said, motherfucker. So these people don't even know the name of the girl he's with. Like what information were these people sent to this world with like it, it makes absolutely no sense but they needed them to be ignorant so they could have that stupid sitcomish friendsish um bumbling um lies you know, you know yeah. that sitcomish moment where, where, where the person's lying and is transparently bad yeah so i mean that made absolutely made absolutely no sense and then the last um plot hole you know i was i was thinking about was like why does why does he let Leia run up to the shit? Why is he on this world, right? He gets there for 10 seconds, and he says, oh, it's a trick. It's a trap. No one's coming. Let's leave. And sure enough, like, <laughs> Indira Obama ended up showing up, and he wasn't there, and she had to chase him down, right? But, but first off, how she managed to overtake a truck with a head start? Uh, go back home, change into change into her um, stormtrooper uniform, then gather three stormtroopers and get Obi Wan, and he's still not, you know, and manage to catch up. Okay, makes no sense, but okay. So um, he gets there and in ten seconds. He says, "Oh no, no, it's a it's a trap. It's not happening." And they go over to this truck, and he lets um, Leia talk them into getting into a truck with an actual empire symbol on it. She should have just, he should have put his hand over her mouth and says, yeah, my daughter's crazy and, and run away. Like, like how do you live up getting that, again, that's getting a situation. But, but, but here's my question. If it was a trap and it was a trick, why would Kumail Nanjiani, who had him dead to rights, 10 feet away, there were a bunch of empire people. If Kumail Nanjiani wanted to bust you for a reward, he would have just yelled, hey, empire guys, I have him right here. The fact that Kumail Nanjiani um, hid you when he could have just busted you right then and there, give you a token, sent you to a whole other world, and then held him off, 
why would you still think that it's, that it's a trap? If he was going to trap you, he would have done it um, right there. But they just had to have him get on this truck. So, again, we just had him do something stupid. And, 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 and that's the last thing I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm done. I, I appreciate your time. Like I said, I, I do think, like I said, when it comes to the just the is there is it is it ra- you know race the, the racist aspect of it like i think yeah that she's i'm sure she's getting racist comments i do think that they're definitely cool with that becoming the overwhelming discourse because i think whatever they got here is just it's just not really worth it's just not really worth anything so it's just like whatever just just focus on that and we'll forget everything else appreciate your time though yeah definitely uh thank you and i'm gonna um before I took on Eric, I just want to address something in the comments. Sandrock said, wouldn't Vader's true identity be a closely guarded secret among the Empire? Um, I think it would be, but the problem is, I think Obi-Wan would know. Who else could Vader be? Who They can't pull someone out their ass that powerful. Like, Vader is like a generational talent. It, it would be like... If, if if in 1991, Michael Jordan disappeared, and then one year later, somebody's just showing up um, doing all these crazy dunks, and he has a mask on, like, you're going to be like, okay, that's probably Michael Jordan. Like, J- Vader is a generational Jedi talent, and you can sense the services in the Force. Like, people like that don't just pop up full-grown adults. Out you of, know what that's um, like? That's yeah. like um, in the WWE... Um, Hulk Hogan, this is back in like the early to mid 90s. Hulk Hogan was, you know, for story reasons, suspended from the WWE, right? But then this character called, what was it, The Patriot or something like that? I'll have to go and look this up. But it was basically Hulk Hogan wearing a mask that came back like not even two weeks later. And the running gag was that people knew it was Hulk Hogan, but they couldn't prove it was Hulk Hogan. And I, I remember and then, now. and then like, and then, um, he ends up unmasking himself after having signed a, what he called an ironclad contract with president Jack Tunney so that he could just cast off this role and go back to being Hulk Hogan again. And it's like, it was, that was like, it was a, it was, it was played up for partially for gags, you know, about how, like, you know, how, how Hulk Hogan got one over on his, on his enemies. Right. So I, I have no idea why they would think that somebody with that kind of force ability, um, and and uh, and also he was like you know on the empire side, uh, you know the direct disciple of the emperor. H- how would you not put two and two together and think, wow, maybe Anakin survived? Yeah, yes. So was it that Obi Wan knew that Darth Vader existed, but just didn't realize it was Obi Wan, or or that he just didn't know? Because I think. Either option is just dumb. That's a problem. Like neither is neither is good. Whether they're hiding his identity, or and and um, Obi Wan just can't figure it out, or Obi Wan is so clueless he doesn't even know Darth Vader exists. Uh, either is just makes him look like an idiot to me. And I think that's the whole point of this thing is uh, it's the same as um, uh, the Last Jedi. They want to make the established character look dumb so that their characters can look um, better. And it's just it's just transparent and it's just pointless. Like, why would you do that? I don't understand it. 
And uh, yeah, Eric, um, by all means, go ahead. But Eric, this time you have to promise to take a breath because <laughs> last time you <laughs> powered straight through. So please. <gasps> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, rather forty six. Yeah, Mister America. That was it, Mister America. And it was actually it wasn't Jack Tony. It was with Stephanie McMahon. Now I remember um, that he had like a like a um, like a kayfabe feud with Vince McMahon. So Vince McMahon um, tried to make him like uh, like. Tried, tried to make him like not um, have any more appearances. So then he came back as Mr. America wearing this mask and like with stars and stripes, tights and boots. And um, when he revealed that he'd actually signed a contract with WWE through Stephanie McMahon, then he went back to being Hulk Hogan again. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, right. I but the running that. gag was like every, like everybody knew it was Hulk Hogan. Like, you know, all he did was just like change the color of his tights and put a mask on. But like his blonde hair was sticking out from the back of the mask. You could see his signature like handlebar mustache underneath. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get I get a lay person who doesn't know the, the ins and outs of who Jedi are and the particulars, not knowing because I don't think Anakin Skywalker was someone known to you know the average uh, person. But to Obi Wan, I feel like he he would know for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eric. So feel free to unmute. <laughs> well, um, I was just curious. So, um, in terms of uh, um, what uh, what do you think? Were you guys? Um, I don't know. Going back to when Force Awakens came out and all that stuff, were you guys initially disappointed, or was there? Well, was there something you always wanted to see um, in Star Wars that you know that this new Star Wars just isn't giving? I thought it was pretty unoriginal, Force Awakens, and I wasn't that crazy about it. But I found it, it watchable. It, it was it watchable. a retread of. Um, it was a retread of A New Hope. It was the same shit. It was a retread of A New Hope, but with, well, with that stupid mystery box shit added that he loves to yeah. do, you know, you know, with all the planted clues and everything. Because when you first saw A New Hope, there were no planted clues about, because uh, at the time they didn't know Darth Vader was going to be his father. They just made a complete story. They didn't plant all this little mystery box shit like Lost. And that was the only thing I read then. Those are two things, that it was a retread, but I could have dealt with a retread. Uh, if it was watchable, which which it kind of was, but uh, that and also the Mary Sueness of Ray, like everyone who met Ray was like Harrison Ford's, like, well, I like this one, wow, she's amazing, you know, everyone was just like, um, you know, so wild by Ray, and she could drive the Millennium Falcon instantly better than them, she could do all this stuff, she could uh, force it was, it was very clearly to me trying to clear the deck of the old crew or, or make them look incompetent to make the new people um, shine. So, like, I didn't... I mean, but when, when I saw Last Jedi, suddenly that thing looked like a masterpiece. Uh, Last Jedi, to me, I thought was really a ridiculous movie. I know a lot of people like it. God bless you if you do. I, I don't get it, but yeah. What? <laughs> well, there's another example no. of Ryan Johnson, act, you know, somebody actively having contempt for the audience. Um, I listened to the Ryan Johnson's uh, commentary for The Last Jedi, one of the things you really notice is that he keeps saying things like, 
Well, I just I really like the notion of um, Luke throwing away the lightsaber. Something there was just something about the notion of, and you know that's the thing with Last Jedi was like it was full of all these of these notions, but they didn't add up to or go anywhere. Like or you know they they kept um, subverting expectations. You know or like they just kept going ping ponging back and forth. And I kind of think I mean when I when I finished watching <laughs> Force Awakens or whatever, I was like I felt empty. I felt empty, and but. You know, JJ, he kind of seemed to maybe be setting something up that maybe Ryan Johnson or, you know, they could have um, uh, uh, done. But it's really weird because when you look at like the whole Disney creative process or whatever it is, I mean, you know, obviously, I think at the end of the day, this corporate product is maybe it's a sign because all of our other corporations are just so poorly run, aren't they? <laughs> so why would this be any different? But like, um, like it really, why would, why did Disney think it would be smart to like, pick jj abrams then pick ryan johnson and not like coordinate the whole story you know swinging back and forth from movie to movie it's like this is just bad management i mean at some point who's gonna fire kathleen kennedy and you know because um, what disney does and i think people are i don't know it it, it, it it doesn't it's irritating but it doesn't surprise me because disney doesn't do original stories the entire purpose of disney is to take other people's work and repurpose it for an audience and sell it to them. And also no to, to uh, become like this, this monolith for intellectual like property. That's exactly like, the point. It's to take something from They're the an intellectual property and, monetization and, yeah. machine. They're not in the business of making stories. And, and, and we think about it from the beginning, from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's all they did. It's a public domain, story tales, Pinocchio. I don't know if Dumbo was a well. Actually, and um, then it, it, you turn around, and then Disney itself, you know, is the reason you know, large in part, why the copyright laws are such as they are. Like, if we had the same copyright laws before, you know, Disney got all their hands on it, like um, media from before 1969 would be entering like the public domain now. So, like, yeah, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but like also like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, you know, and that's. You know, they're kind of part. It's you know, I mean, when they acquired the Simpsons, and it's like, wow, you know, the evil empire, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's by like, the way, Dumbo is not original. Okay, so neither was Mulan. Original either. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah people oh, knew oh, Mulan, Mulan wasn't original. Mulan, but... Mulan's a, a millennia old um, tale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but you know but you know those story beats you talk about for uh, Luke Skywalker throwing away the Skywalker throwing away the lightsaber and all that. I mean, it's basically Obi Wan's story beat too. He he buries a he buries the lightsaber instead of throws it away. He says that the Jedi are over and dead, just like Luke did. He um, hasn't been training. He's gotten lazy. He's a cranky old man. He's yeah, been shown up by a girl, you know, uh, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's like, so, so, like, they're even like, ripping themselves off. The last now, Jedi was even, so bad, uh, it ruined Kenobi. Yeah, basically. I, I think they want a second chance. I think, I think Kathleen Kennedy, because she really apparently... That was like her baby, uh, and I think she uh, really wants a chance to give it a second chance. And I think this is what she's hoping is going to be the redemption of the Last Jedi arc by trying it again with Kenobi. And um, from what I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but the rumors are that she's kind of already fired, but that they're allowing her to save face and finish out her her run, and um, that she's trying to. Um, get some public goodwill um before she, you know she goes and i guess yeah. um get get some get some leverage but from what i understand they've basically given the franchise to uh in the future for john favreau and to um that other guy i forget his name um dave filoni 
Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, she's, but she still has some influence on some projects. And I think this is supposed to be like, like um, one of them. Well, there's two projects so, um, I, so I, I so one, one thing I want to address Star real Wars. quick Go is ahead. that some, somebody in the, um, somebody in the, uh, in the chat asked if um, Toy Story counts as an original. And the answer is no, because that was before, way before um, Disney purchased Pixar. Pixar. Disney didn't purchase Pixar until like the mid two thousands. Yeah. So Pixar was its own beast. It had nothing to do with Disney. At the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, at that time, I'm pretty sure Pixar was an Apple property. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was considered a competitor to um, to to Disney. Right. So and, and it was a collaboration, but it was it was so it was. Um, released and distributed by Disney, but it was not produced by Disney. And it's funny that now that um, Disney has bought Pixar, they're trying to get more derivative. Like like that Lightyear thing is basically one of those yeah. like, prequel, uh, remake, reboot things. It's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Well, there's two more terrible directions I think Disney might end up going that I'm dreading. Number one, Star Wars crossover universe into our universe or the marvel universe movie you know um that would that's people maybe are going to be like well they've already crossed over to the simpsons universe oh gosh and then number two the people clamoring for we need a hard r game of thrones style star wars with sex and where there's much more bloody gore and darth vader's just raping and murdering and stabbing and you know there's two so I think those are two things that maybe I don't know. Maybe Kathleen Kennedy. Is no, that's not in. That's not in line with Disney's. That's not in line with Disney's um, like production mandate. Uh, theirs is actually like super, super family friendly. Like they they play it very safe. And that's actually one of what actually that's what worries me about their purchase of uh, 20th Century Fox is that now all the Fox IPs. I'm actually surprised to see so many, um, so many like violent films and TV shows. That have been ported over to Disney Plus through the purchase of Fox. I'm surprised it didn't just get locked oh, yeah. in the Disney vault somewhere. But the thing that does kind of worry me is that, like, I don't think that a film like Logan could have gotten made while Disney owned. Like, it couldn't have gotten made post acquisition of 20th Century Fox. Well, here's Fox. the question: Is should it be made? Yeah, it's not you'll, a good like, movie. you'll never see a movie like Logan again now. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good movie anyway. So I, I agree. Not thing. a good movie. <laughs> But but well, here's the thing. I think it's a, I think it's by far the best entry in the X Men franchise. No, no, X Men Two I, 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 is I'd watch by far the best movie. superhero movie. X Men Two. I think. I think. I think. I think Spider Man Two is probably the. Okay, well, we, we can have our differences about that. But what I'm saying Both though is that like, I, I no, I thought I thought Logan drew like it drew from, um, it drew from quite a few I think classic films. And you're not going to see that kind of inventiveness, I, I, especially considered to the two previous movies in the Logan franchise. I, I just thought it stood head and shoulders above the others. And I don't think there's anything inventive about the movie at all. It's just basically the movie shame. They even hang a lampshade. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine, but but you get the idea. But but they, I mean, they did something interesting with because the Logan franchise by that point was, just, I mean, it was it was dead on arrival. I'm surprised they even got a sequel to the first uh, to the first. Uh, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, because Wolverine but, was never my favorite character. Um, yeah, but he sells really yeah, well. But the point I'm trying to make here is that you, you like at least they tried to do something with that franchise, and I, I don't think you, you're going to see that in any of the acquired Fox. I would be surprised 
I'm, I mean, I guess they're probably going to uh, make a Deadpool sequel, but I would be surprised if it continues on much farther beyond that because, yeah, Disney's um, entire mandate is to make family-friendly film, which is why the MCU movies have become so derivative is that they can't escape the Disney formula. Things have to be produced a certain way. But also I, with I, the Disney I, formulas, they have to pull their punches in a certain way because ultimately... How do you make a war movie for kids? Well, by making war seem like it's a fun adventure. And fast forward 20 years and you've got, I mean, you know, maybe I'll sound crazy saying this, but it's like, you know, people who are, I guess, policemen, they think they're Marvel superheroes and soldiers. Well, they're the real Jedi, you know, and it's like people have this magical thinking about it where it's like, I don't know. That's why I look forward to something like an Andor series, which is they're going to show like, for example, the rebel, the rebellion started out as resistance to the Republic. And that, you know, there's these moral shades of gray. In the, in the Disney sequel trilogies, there's no shades of gray. There's like the good side and the bad side and everyone's dastardly and the evil. But I mean, in any case, uh, uh, but that's the, but I don't know. Again, I think it might be incoherent because I, I don't have kids, right? But it's like, I don't know how I would, how would you introduce Star Wars to your kids in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, violence and things like that. And, um, and the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly I mean, my kids are four like, and they've been. My kids are four, and oh, I think yeah. the first time they watched uh, New Hope was, I don't even know if they were three years old yet. Like, my wife really loves the uh, the original films, and she watches the original, like the the original trilogy with the girls all the time. Isn't it interesting so, that if they had shown one human breast in any of those movies, all of a sudden they wouldn't be family friendly? <laughs> but you can, well, you know, kill hundred thousand people, you know. Uh, off screen or on screen, you know. Yeah, but that's, that, that's that's a much bigger issue than Disney, though. That's really just like that is, you know, that American is, culture. Though. It is a bigger issue. It is human nature, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I don't think it's human nature. I think it's really it's just uh, what is considered decent um, by American standards, which America is a really I don't know, just one of the most schizoid countries that's ever existed we are a since society. countries were a thing. Not not just warlike, but just a just very strange when it comes to sexuality. Yeah, for sure. But but very cool with violence. Um, yeah, I want to move on to Geo so we can end it. Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate you. Um, the the one the one thing I wanted to say about the whole uh, the one thing I want to say about the whole Logan Deadpool thing is I'm actually okay. I don't care about those rated R superhero movies. I think they're stupid because because my problem with those things is that. There's this thing that was happening where you would take a movie that otherwise is just a regular movie, but because it's about superheroes and you make it rated R, it's like, oh, a superhero is doing this rated R shit now. So, like, to me, the Joker movie, it was like, okay, this is like a lesser Scorsese movie. This is if 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 yeah. he made that movie without the Joker, everyone would be like, this is just a ripoff of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. Like, get out of here. But because he did with the Joker. Now it's like, oh, someone did this with superheroes and made them deep. And I felt the same thing with Logan. I'm like, this is no country for old men or shame. But because it's Logan, everyone's going to be comparing it to X to X Men Origins Wolverine Two instead of comparing it. Like if if he tried to make that exact movie, but without any of that Marvel IP, people would just been like, okay, this is just a lesser sci-fi version of um no country for old men but once you make it about superheroes now you're comparing it to other superhero stuff and i feel like it's just a way to you know to get 
to kind of cheat to look, to look deeper than you are. So I, I, I don't think it's something new. I, I, I think I think I like I don't like that whole thing they were doing with uh, taking superhero movies and making them rated R, and then people just kind of orgasm because now look now they can say fuck and it's superheroes. And I think it was a, a way to disguise mediocre movies. Uh, so that part of the Fox purchase, I'm all, I'm okay with, but I'm sure Gio uh, disagrees. So I want to hear what Gio has to say. Uh, no, I mean, I did see Logan. Like, I don't really care about, like... I mean, I love X-Men. I think, I think besides, like, the, uh, the, the, the last X-Men movie with, like, with, uh, what's her name, Gene? Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's about, but I love X-Men. So I was going to say, I was like, like, there are a bunch of books you can, like, read about Star Wars. Um, okay, you oh, just wait, 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 mute, Gio. Yeah, yeah, you just muted yourself, I think, by accident. So, can you hear me? Yeah, we can uh, hear you. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I'm saying there are a bunch of books that you can read. Like, I think 2013, they wrote an Obi-Wan book about, like, post, like, Clone Wars. I'm, I'm saying like like they can find like source source materials to like, to write this story without like trying to read like near the wheel. They can, they can, they can write a good story based on the source material. It's my opinion. But I think it's part of their disdain for everything that came before them. They want credit for reinventing everything. Even like you know what what Moses Ingram said about we're inventing diversity, like. Like, for, for example, something I was thinking of as an example of this, right? Um, in theory, I have to imagine that they're hoping future generations of fans are going to watch this stuff in chronological order rather than release order. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and this is how um, obsessed I think they are with getting unearned credit uh, because they're like very uncreative people. I noticed now that they're doing stuff where they're revealing stuff in these prequel type of things that will lessen the impact of what Lucas did. For example, the revelation of what Darth Vader looks like under the mask with the bald head and the, you know, the, the white skin and the whatever. By having that scene in episode three where they're putting him together and everything, um, and then he's really just a decrepit old man, that undercuts, I think, the impact of the original Return of the Jedi in multiple ways. Like, up until this time, right, Darth Vader in the first two movies, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, he's like this unstoppable, incredible force. And then when you find that at the end, that he was just this old guy with no limbs that was like decrepit under the mask, there was something just kind of very humanizing and shocking about it. And I remember, I'm old enough to have seen um, even though I was very, very little, I've, I can still remember this as like a very early formative memory. Like, uh, I was take, I was taken to see um, uh, Return of the Jedi in the theaters, and uh, I wasn't old enough to see the first two. So the first one I saw was Return of the Jedi. And even though I didn't understand anything that was going on, like I loved the movie, but I always remember like <laughs> being so scared about this guy. And at the end, he's just kind of this decrepit old guy, and you see he's kind of like pathetic, and he just threw away his whole life. But now. They've just thrown that away in this um, Obi-Wan prequel. Like, like, first off, it kind of undermines all the future menace 
when you see up front, like, okay, we're going to remind you, this is just an old, decrepit guy in a suit. But also, we've kind of, in our own way, shown you it first. Like, it's almost like they're kind of, you, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, like I think they do this stuff, stuff like that on purpose. They're almost going to make it so that from future generations see this and put in chronological order. Because I think a lot of future people who try this for the first time are going to watch it that way. They're going to, their first impression of seeing Darth Vader without the mask being decrepit and being, being, um, you know, an incomplete physical, physical specimen is going to be from um, this Obi-Wan show. And I think that mindset is behind why they don't take from the existing books because they don't want to um, give anyone who came before them any credit and adapting one of those books will take away their own credit for saying we created the definitive um, fill in the blank um, post. Uh, what's, the, what's the third one called? What's the third prequel called? I forget. The Rise of Skywalker? Um, oh, no, no. The, um, oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, the third prequel. It was... The Clone Wars? Attack, no, 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 Attack of the Clones was the second one. The one after Attack of oh, the Revenge of the Sith. The Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they want to have credit for creating the definitive post Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan story. And I think, like, you know, it's their, it's their egos that, uh, I mean, it's the same reason they decommissioned the whole extended universe. I think that's why they do it. They, they, they have low talent, high egos. Yeah. Any any uh, further thoughts? No, no, no. That's. I was gonna say, like for me, I've pretty much. I don't know. I feel like I've I said my piece, but I think I, I don't know. I'm I'm going back and forth on. Although you should probably do it, going back and forth on whether to um, like you know, put together like a ten or twelve minute something about the series so far. I just I don't know, man. I'm. Like I think is a like in the Darth Maul like plot line like it's just so disappointing that. to like grow up with these films as a formative part of my childhood and then to see people that just have no respect for it whatsoever continually shit on it and its fans and like it's almost like they um they want the cachet of having Star Wars and this this happened with comic books a while back and I think it's actually gotten worse with with um, um, with a lot of like uh, you know fantasy and sci-fi films. Is that like they don't respect the original material? They still think the people who were into the original material are a bunch of like smelly and lonely nerds, but they want the cachet of the IP, so they keep trying to tear down the originals to make their own thing, and it never works. But something weird about them too, I noticed is that they don't really even really care about the IP so much as their messaging and themselves. Like, like to them, the IP exists to um, create, create them. Like, like, they don't exist to create stories. The IP exists to create their fame. Like, 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 they want this IP as something that will make a name for them, but also to get, like, their messages out. Like, I don't know if they actually have a sincere belief in anti-racism or anti-feminism where they just use those as shields through which to aggrandize themselves. Like, um, if I do this totally self-aggrandizing work, but I can claim that I'm doing it in the name of 
feminism, non-binary people, queer representation, anti-racism, then I'll become unassailable as opposed to just, you know, writing um, non, non-ideological um, married to narcissistic stuff. So, so yeah, I think the, I think that themselves and the messaging is kind of what they want their IP for, because if they wrote their own stories, no one would show up because you can see by, by the talent that they show, no one would show up. Like the people who wrote this thing, if they wrote an original story, I doubt any of us would watch it and do a movie about it. I mean, or do a call in about it. We would just watch 10 minutes of it with their original characters and be like, wow, these people can't write. But I mean, it works to a degree. We powered through three episodes of this crap just because of the IP. So it works. I mean, like, look at like, who gave these jobs, though, right? It's like, it's the kids of, like, of, like, businessman, producer, like, like it's not, it's not actual, like, people. It's just, like, it's a, it's just, like, these, uh, just, just like kids who get these jobs and aren't, that, that aren't really that good at, at any of these things. It's not, like, actual, like, totally. normal people. Totally. I'm sure if you follow the nepotism trail, you'd find... A studio exec or um, a, a rich person in every single of these writers' um, backgrounds, for sure. Totally. Yeah, it's, like, it's not. It's not like actually. It's not actually like real people. It's not like talented people. It's just like just rich kids and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, like the Game of Thrones guys. They're, they're both from privilege. One the person's dad was a Goldman Sachs banker. They're both like growing up to these like privileged schools and then uh meanwhile uh, george R. R. martin was not from that background at all he created all this stuff these guys just basically used their connections and their uh whatever they got to adapt the thing and once they ran out of source material from the you know working class guy they revealed they pretty much have no like the only thing they're good at is getting in rooms and schmoozing people and um you know um brown nosing and networking you know and it and it that's what i think all these people are and and i'm done so i'll let you two you know close out no no no. You, i would I, you can go ahead and close out like i've, I've said all i want to say on this one i'm just okay yeah i don't know uh, any, i'm disgusted any, any final thoughts geo uh, i couldn't make out what you said geo but uh, what do you find the Russo brothers, brothers. brothers like they're so they're from like rich like a rich like lower dad I didn't know that, from that but, but, but I pretty much assumed it. I pretty much assumed it. I, 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 like, like to me, it's more of a surprise if you tell me otherwise these days. Like, like that's not surprising no, to me like, at all. That was like a Democratic Party, like like lawyer who went to corporate America. Like pretty, yeah. That's, 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 how, that's how they got here. Yeah, I'm sure we could find like a similar story for like all these people. But uh, thanks for um, coming up, Gio. Thanks for everyone else who came up. And follow the people on the stage. Follow the people in the audience. Get to know each other. It's always uh, cool to build a community on here. And uh, follow the show. Even if you follow the individuals on the stage, follow actual media masochists the show so you can be notified of when we do new episodes. And go to champagnetrucks.com to see all the stuff that I'm working on, including patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks to support the show. And um, Q, let them know where to find the, all the resistance and watch stuff. Uh, yep. So <clears throat> we can uh, support us by going to patreon.com forward slash RZNWA. 
as well as patreon.com forward slash the culture.tv for all of the culture's offerings. And um, if you like us, please support us and make sure that you share the media masochist show. And uh, if you, uh, oh yeah, if you uh, drop by the room, one way that you can uh, support us very easily, because I'm noticing that about 65 odd people listening right now are not signed in, which is it's fine. But one easy way you can show support is if you make an account on Colin.com and log in to listen to the show, it actually helps us with our, our metrics, make sure that we stick around. Yeah, I totally forgot to give that um, that thing at the top. But yeah, basically, when you listen to the show on your desktop anonymously, uh, it doesn't help our metrics. I'm not sure why it's set up that way. But yeah, in the future, definitely create an account and and be logged in when you uh, listen. It doesn't cost any money, you know, so it just takes 10 seconds. Yeah, you don't have so. to pay for the app. It doesn't cost anything, but it really do- it does help us out because uh, it shows Colin that people are willing to... Uh, tune in every week. Yeah, and it's not just a bunch of bots that we that we set up somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this actual <laughs> different different people. So uh, thanks for that, everybody, and uh, join us again for sure. And take care.